0: Welcome to Nurture Small Business, creating a thriving space with your host, Denise Kagan. Denise is the president of DCA Virtual Business Support and has been a business owner for almost 20 years. DCA Virtual Business Support provides small businesses with an expert pairing of virtual administrative and marketing assistance to match your needs. Learn more at dcavirtual.com. Monique
1: Idemudia is a millennial businesswoman who has always loved entrepreneurship for the freedom it brings. In 2019, she decided to take action and execute her vision. She is the founder of Dragon Digital Marketing out of St. Petersburg, Florida. She's passionate about educating and inspiring small business owners to build an online presence and grow their business with the power of great digital marketing. She is an execution-driven consultant that not just talks the talk, but also walks the walk. Welcome to the show, Monique.
0: Hi, thank you so much for having me, Denise. It's an honor to be here.
1: And before we get started, so I noticed something uh, very cool on your bio. It says you were an immigrant with a dream. And I'm assuming that dream was business ownership. But can you tell us where you where you came from?
0: Yes, exactly. So I came from Germany, and yes, that dream was business ownership was being an entrepreneur. And yeah, starting my own business, basically the American dream, right? (laughs) Absolutely. And you're fluent in multiple languages, aren't you? Yeah. So I grew up bilingual. German and English are both my first languages. And and then I also learned some French. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Now, so a fun fact about you, I
1: noticed, is that you have an addiction to, well, a addiction with quote marks (laughs) to, what was that? Do
0: you... To coffee. Yeah, I love coffee, especially Americanos and iced Americanos. So <laughs> I like both hot and iced coffee. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so that's my addiction.
1: Yeah, no, I totally get it. I'm right there with you,
0: girl. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> I toned it down on the caffeine recently. So I drink a lot of decaf, but I do still love the taste so much that I like can't go without it.
1: I get it. I get it. Yeah, I've had to tone it down too. But
0: we're going to talk about small business
1: branding today. And you have just a wealth of knowledge to share with us. So let's go ahead and dig in. So if there's one thing you would like to tell business owners about branding for the small business, let's just start there.
0: Yes. So the first thing that I always like to tell everybody is that the brand strategy is at the heart of your brand. And it's the most important thing because that's the foundation that you build everything else on. So your logo, your brand name, your colors, your fonts, your typography, all of that. It's uh, it's nice, but that's not what makes the brand. It's still important. I'm not saying it's unimportant, but the strategy is really the most important thing about a brand. Okay. And I was just going to ask you to clarify that. So you did
1: actually jump into the answer I was going to ask right before I asked it. So so what would go on to a strategy?
0: Yes. So in the brand strategy, you have your unique value proposition or UVP, your unique selling proposition or USP. There's your brand personality, your mission, your vision, what you portray, what you want to do in the world and everything that you stand for. stand for, just your core values, and yeah, that, that's at the heart of the brand strategy. And then how are you going to execute it? What's your plan of action? And what does your brand do that brings value to your customers and attracts fans to it and how you're going to reach it?
1: So can we possibly walk through an example, a manufacturer who sells a unique widget? Okay. It's something that's first to the market. So- right what would be, how would you approach the strategy for that with the, it was USP and UVP? Mm -hmm. Okay, I got the acronyms right. (laughs) (laughs) Unique selling proposition and unique value proposition. Okay. How would you approach it from just, first of all,
0: those two aspects? Right. So you look at the product, what is your product? And then what is your target market? And you just analyze your target market. Who are those people? Where do they hang out? What do they like? What do they dislike? What's their, you know, what's their language? What words do they use? What do they identify with? And all of that. And then you take that your brand has to embody that. And you explain, okay, this is what my product is. This is what it does this is how my customers can use it and should use it. This is what value they're going to get from it if they buy it, if they have it, and if they do use it. And then you explain how it is different from competitor products. And this is what a unique selling proposition and a unique value proposition is all about. The keyword is unique here. So it has to be Different. It has to stand out in some way. So that can be practically anything that could be your background and your story or whatever it may be that makes it different from anything else in the market. And also make sure that that difference is meaningful to the customer. Yeah. Make sure it's not easy to imitate. So things like 24 seven customer service or whatever it may be that is, you know, not super unique. And it's also very, very easy to imitate. And then the UVP, the unique value proposition goes a step further and it really focuses on a value on an idea that's not tangible, like a unique selling proposition, but it's really about your core values, your morals, you know, what your your brand stands for from a brand personality standpoint and things like that. So you really, really target the emotional levels, so to speak. If you imagine it as an iceberg, the tip of the iceberg is the things that you can see, right? That's on the surface. And then underneath the the surface level, underneath the water, there is just so much going on in human beings. Our personalities are super complex and what we feel, what we need and want, what we identify with, what resonates with us. So that's what you have to target. And all the brand is, is adding an emotional attachment to a service or a product or a personality when we're talking about personal brands. So it's just bringing the emotional aspect to whatever it is that you're selling. So people are no longer looking at it uh, on just a factional level and comparing the price or whatever, but there's something more behind it. There's something deeper and that's all it is.
1: So, so what you're talking about is something that drives brand loyalty, like these big brands have, you know, Nike, people go to Nike because they're great made shoes, you know, they're expensive as heck, but they have an extremely loyal brand, what drives, what would you say in your opinion would drive that or another comparable brand?
0: Right. People want to be winners. You know, Nike portrays winners. They portray the stories of great athletes that are just world class and they're winning a lot of the time and just their story, how they started uh, that you can do it too. You know their their slogan: "Just do it." You just have to start, and yeah, start training, start working out, and you can do it too. And everybody can achieve it. And oftentimes, if you look at the story of the stories of the best athletes in the world, they started from scratch, from the very bottom. A lot of them are immigrants too. A lot of them grew up in poverty, and all they had is. An insane drive, an insane desire to win and to make it, and just an incredible passion for the sport that it is that they play when that's what Nike portrays and you can be one of them and feel like them. If you're wearing the same brand, you know, the same clothes, the same apparel, because that's what they were, you know, <laughs> right. So the people that mm-hmm. we look up to, they were Nikes, you know, <laughs> they they were Nike clothes. So yeah, it also makes you feel closer to them. Um, a lot of people idolize, uh, you know, athletes, professional athletes and their fans. And they have posters and they collect things and autographs and and things like that. So there's there's a whole lot that plays into it. And that's why uh, Nike is so successful and people are so uh, loyal to Nike because of what it stands for and the stories that the brand tells. It's all about storytelling. Now, for my listeners'
1: benefit, I did not prep Monique with this question in advance. So, this, her answer is amazing and it just literally just came off the cuff. So, she's the real deal. She is giving you it straight. Let's talk about personas. So, you've talked about the unique value proposition, the unique selling proposition. Let's talk about personas and how that fits into the branding for a small business.
0: Yes. So, your persona is a representation of your ideal buyer, your ideal customer, your target client. And it's semi-fictional, meaning it's partially real and based of real data that you have from your existing customers. And it's also partially made up of educated guesses and research that you've done, interviews that you've conducted, surveys that you've done, things that you've analyzed, your analytics, your Facebook following, your Instagram audience, your email list, whatever it may be, people that you just had a conversation with at trade shows or or conferences or whatever it may be, just when when you talk to people and you collect all of that information all the way down to the nitty gritty, you know, uh, what those people like, where do they shop, what makes them tick what makes them take action and moves them to buy? Why do they choose you? And what do they care about that your competitors don't have? What are the features that they actually care about the most? And what don't they care about as much? What language do they use? So you can use the same language in your sales letters and your landing pages and your ads um, and your content and your videos um, on your website and your uh, social media posts, whatever it may be. So you really, really get to know those people and you create personas for them. They, they have a name. So you really, really personify your customers. So it's not, you know, this abstract, oh, that's my, um, that's my ideal customer, but you really have to visualize it too. um, sign a picture to it. You can find like a stock photo or create an avatar illustration, whatever it may be that helps you to always remind yourself, Hey, those people that I'm trying to reach and that I'm trying to, let know that I even exist and that I'm out there and then that I have products and services to offer for them that help them out as a real person, because it's easy to, you know, get confused with all the numbers that we see of page views and website visitors and likes and comments, followers, subscribers. Subscribers, uh, whatever it may be, uh, they're real people and they have needs, they have wants, they have hopes and dreams and fears and objections and pain points. And they're not alone. They, you know, they are in a community. They're super closely connected to their spouse, for example, who can influence their buying decision a lot, or uh, I don't know, their friends, everything really uh can be so important. Their children, it matters. For example, if they're married or single, what education level they have, what social media platforms they like to spend time on, because that's where you should be and you shouldn't be you know, on a social media platform that you like. And that's why you're on there, because you personally like it. You have to just, yeah, be where, where your customer is. And that just helps you to approach everything in your business strategically in a strategic way. And obviously, most of all, in your marketing and sales.
1: So I heard you mention analytics, and you talked about a lot of different places where we could get analytics. If a business owner wanted to look at the analytics themselves, and I'm probably not one of those people, where would they go to look? I mean, Google Analytics, but what would they look at, actually? What do they need to go to?
0: Yes, Google Analytics, look at your pages report, which are your most visited pages and then look at people's behavior look at the behavior flow what are your most common landing pages and then how do people hop from page to page how long do they stay look at the time on page look at the bounce rate of the page how many people uh you lose look at it as like your funnel you know you you have your content pages then you have calls to action there. Then you funnel people through to a page. It's maybe like a landing page where you want to get an opt-in. You want to get them subscribed to your email newsletter. You offer them a freebie, a lead magnet, whatever it may be so that you can contact them later, uh, nurture them. And then eventually you'll have to sell. We're all in business. We have to sell at some point and so on and so forth. So look at that. Uh, Make sure people actually follow the the Bayou's journey, the, the journey that you want them to take on your website. And then a lot of people use tools for their social media as well. So you can see um, how engaged your following is. Make, you know, make sure to analyze what they have in common. Is there certain pages that a lot of people in your audience like and follow? And what content do they have? And what other influential people do they follow? Is there um, a bunch of groups that a lot of people in your target audience are members on. And then on Facebook uh, in particular, there's a tool called the audience insights tool where okay. you can just put on your page and you get a lot of insights um, about your audience and you'll find out crazy things, Like for example, followers of your Facebook business page are 34 times more likely to like Oreo cookies than the average Facebook user, <laughs> you know, things like that. Then you can pick that up in your, in your copywriting and in your marketing and stuff like that. A lot of people share so many things about themselves on Facebook that Facebook has just so much data and so many insights that you might never have thought about yourself. So all of those tools you can use for your research. And then there's forums. Quora, Reddit, uh, you can just Google things. And then, of course, you can just talk to people, you know, pick up the phone and actually ask them a set of strategic interview questions and conduct persona interviews.
1: Okay. So for our DIY listeners, they need to go to Google Analytics pages and Facebook Insights. Now, I know as many DIY business owners as ones who are like, nope, I don't even want to touch this. So is this something that you help people with consolidating this data and then creating a buyer journey?
0: Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's that's our specialty. The specialty of my agency, Dragon Digital Marketing, everything evolves around a buyer persona. If you really understand a target market and and the buyers and, and the business and everything that it stands for, you can do great marketing and amazing campaigns for any business because you truly understand it. And that's what's so important. And I think that's the secret or maybe not so secret to success. And you can be really, really data-driven. You no longer have to make decisions out of a gut feeling, and you'll see a positive RRI if you approach your marketing in a strategic way like that. So we definitely do buyer persona research too. Yeah, my my advisor is always saying data, data, data. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So I like that. What else would you like to add for our listeners today? Yeah, just keep that in mind. Be mindful of it. You cannot get a brand from a graphic designer. If you get a logo designer, or whatever, that's not your branding. <laughs> so yeah, keep in mind that a strategy is really important. Get help from an expert if you, if you need to, because you want to make sure that what you do is actually effective and efficient, and it's an investment and not just an expense. So uh, yeah, do your research and get help from an expert. And that's how you set yourself up for success. That would really be my tip when it comes to that, because things are complex. They look so easy and simple on the surface, but they're more complex and you want to do things right.
1: Absolutely. And how can our listeners find you after the podcast?
0: The best way to reach out is through our website, and that's dragon-digital-marketing.com. There you can find links to all of our social handles. We're on uh, Facebook, on Twitter, on YouTube. And I'm also on LinkedIn and we have a podcast as well that you can check out many informative blog articles, a free branding course that might be very interesting for you, and just a bunch of value added templates and guides and checklists. So there's a lot of free uh, stuff to grab on there too. So definitely check out the website.
1: Perfect. Well, Monique, I really appreciate you being here and spending time with us
0: today. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining us for today's Nurture Small Business, Creating a Thriving Space podcast. Learn more about your host at dcavirtual.com or by emailing her directly at denise at dcavirtual.com.